0: Hey, Curious City intern Linnea Dominic here. Have you heard? Curious City has launched a city-wide scavenger hunt, Chicago Eats Edition. We give clues for nearly every community area in the city, and you got to hunt for a restaurant that has been recommended by WBEZ staff. It's socially distant, and you can go with your family or your pod or do it virtually. To unlock your curiosity about the Chicago food scene, we're going back to an episode from 2015. And at the end, there just might be a hint or two. Our question asker, Rebby Kinsella, wondered about something that's been key to the city's identity.
1: Almost everyone knows that deep dish pizza started in Chicago, and most people have heard of Chicago-style hot dogs.
2: But I'm just wondering if there are some other foods that
0: we don't know about that started in Chicago. Indeed, there are.
2: Off the top of my head, I could rattle off Italian beef, chicken Vesuvio, flaming saganaki, and our signature molded cone of Kronos Yeros.
0: That's our resident eater, reporter Monica Eng. She takes us on a journey across Chicago, pointing out several lesser-known Chicago foods. What constitutes a Chicago food? Well, Monica sets some criteria.
2: On top of being invented in Chicago, I decided the dishes should come from different parts of the city. They should be on a menu for at least five years to prove they have staying power, and they couldn't be served in just one restaurant. Plus, I thought they should be affordable, and even have catchy names. Was this really possible? I got three hot leads and jumped in my car to check them out. First stop was the northwest side, specifically the Polish, Mexican, Romanian, and Puerto Rican neighborhood of belmont Cragin. That's where you'll find a brick building with a red and white awning called Borinquen Restaurant. Okay. And this guy in the kitchen.
1: Okay, I am Hansi Figueroa, creator of the hibaro.
2: What's a Híbaro, you ask? Well, it's a Puerto Rican term for a person from the mountains, sometimes derogative, but one Juan Figueroa embraces.
1: I'm a hillbilly from Puerto Rico. I'm from the mountains. And that's what we are.
2: The hibaró or hibarito, is also the name he gave to a mouth-watering steak and cheese sandwich smashed between two flattened green plantains. That's the first thing I smell when Figueroa leads me into the Borinquen kitchen and we look into the deep fryer. Today they fry hundreds of plantains a week, but 20 years ago? It was a different story. Back then, Figueroa had run through a string of failed businesses, and he'd pinned his last hopes on a divy little diner in Humboldt Park that wasn't working out. Then one morning, he was reading a Puerto Rican newspaper when he spotted an unusual recipe. It was for a sandwich that used fried plantains instead of bread.
1: called sandwich de platano.
2: So he made one and gave it to his dad on a plate.
1: And uh, I told my father, Father, eat this sandwich. And then my father was hurt. You know, he never ate nothing else.
2: His dad told him to put the sandwich on the menu. And then he took off for Puerto Rico.
1: And when he came back, I was already selling, you know, like 100 or more. People started blocking the restaurant, you know, just uh, keep hiring new people new people and teaching people. And, you know, all of a sudden, I'm in the middle of the scene.
2: Lines for the sandwich formed around the block. Spies and copycats emerged. Hibaritos showed up on menus all over town. But what made this sandwich so special?
1: Layers of flavor. The sandwich in Puerto Rico that I read had only the plantain, the lettuce, and the tomatoes. And that's it. And when I took it into my arms, I put uh, different types of meat. The garlic, the cheese, you know, I kind of Americanized it.
2: This layered, Americanized treat can now be found not just in Puerto Rican restaurants, but also Cuban and Mexican joints as far as Cleveland, Miami, and even New York City. Still to come, he says, are the jibarito hamburger and breakfast jibaritos with ham, egg, and cheese. Next time, I'll have to try the breakfast jibarro. But right now, I'm due for breakfast on the north side in Wrigleyville. I'm headed to a little joint on the corner of Clark and Sheffield called Rice and Bread. This is a relatively new name. For decades, it was called Hamburger King. But it served a lot more than just burgers. Starting in the 1950s, it catered to what was then a neighborhood full of working-class Japanese-American families. The menu included teriyaki and rice and noodles, alongside standard diner fare. One of the more obscure creations is still on the rice and bread menu today, the Akutagawa. I meet up there with Barb Sato, who remembers when it was invented. My
1: father, Tom Yamauchi, was the original owner of Hamburger King.
2: 40 years ago, Sato worked for her late dad as a waitress, and she watched as a cast of local characters made the diner their home away from home. Among them was her dad's pal, George Aotogawa. Aotogawa liked to drink at the Nisei Lounge two doors down and eat at the Hamburger King. But he had very particular tastes tastes that would be immortalized in a strange omelet-like dish that he asked Sato's dad to make specially for him.
1: It was made with hamburger patty and minced onions and green pepper and bean sprouts and a scrambled egg. And after a while, people saw what George was eating, and then they decided that, hey, that looks pretty good. I want to have that too. And then after a while, it just became known as the Akutagawa.
2: The dish comes out as a lumpy beige hodgepodge. And I find myself ordering it every time I'm here. I asked Sato why she thinks the oktogawa is still a favorite more than 50 years later and through several owners and even at other restaurants.
1: It's a comfort food and fairly nutritious and I think a lot of people don't want the hamburger added sometimes so it's more of a vegetarian dish, but I think it's comfort. Served with a side of rice engraving, lots
2: of customers also see it as a great hangover remedy. I'm just glad today's Korean owners will sell you a side of kimchi to give it a spicy boost. For the third stop on our culinary quest, I needed a little help. All right, so where to? Uh, Well, there are lots of choices. Um, I pick up a guy named Peter Angler. He's a scientist, but in his (laughs) off hours, he's been conducting amateur snack studies for more than a decade. Well, let's just start heading south. His specialty is the south side. There, he's researched a tamale on a bun called the mother-in-law, the double cheeseburger around Midway called the big baby, and an Italian sausage patty called the freddy. But those aren't the sandwiches that intrigue him the most. Sometime in the, I guess, probably late, mid to late 90s, I found a menu from one of these Southside sub shops uh, slipped into my apartment gate. And just glancing at it, you know, I noticed there was a sandwich in there called the gym shoe. That's right, the gym shoe. Sounds appetizing, no? The earliest shoes were a Greek, Italian, and Irish mashup, featuring roast beef, corned beef, and gyros on a sub-roll with jardinera. But over the years, Engler says new variations have emerged. There's the deep-fried crispy jimshu, the halal jimshu, and a chopped and griddled version that he considers the pinnacle of jimshudom. That's how they make it at Southtown Sub on 35th Street in Bronzeville. Their owner Abdul Wajid sums up the secret to his popular shoe with seven words:
1: famous, fresh, delicious, quality, quantity, reasonable price.
2: Southtown Sub is one of several Pakistani-owned sub shops on the South and West sides. Back in the 80s, Middle Eastern and South Asian merchants began buying fast food joints in the area, and for the most part, they left the menus alone. But Engler has a theory. He believes the most popular gym shoes, like the ones at Southtown Sub, owe their preparation to a Pakistani cooking style that comes out of Wajid's hometown of Karachi. It's a street food called katakat.
1: The katakat is one of the top famous dishes in our They put the organ of the all part of the cow, goat, and everything, and some beef and meat and, you know, goat brains and all of it, the, they mix together and then they chop. So that's why we copy from there.
2: Wajid led us behind the bulletproof glass to the kitchen, where we watched the chef chop, sear, and blend all the ingredients for a katakat-style shoe.. Could you say there's a little Pakistani influence in the katakat shoe?
1: Not a little. Almost 90%.
2: 90%. (laughs) Well, if the Shoe fits, and it fit well enough to give Wadget a start in the U.S. and an opportunity to send his daughter to IIT, one Shoe at a time. Today, Engler says the giant sandwich has traveled as far as Milwaukee, Indianapolis, and Colorado. There's even a Shoe in Kalamazoo. But who came up with the original Shoe? That's a mystery Engler's been trying to solve for years. One time when he was doing field research, a worker at a sub shop pulled Engler aside to tell him a secret. I know where the name comes from. So I thought, finally, you know, after all this time, I was, you know, finally going to learn, you know, the origin of the name. So he pointed to his head and said, it comes from the mind. Well, some things aren't meant to be understood. Only eaten. We paid for our king-size gym shoe, said our goodbyes, and lugged our lunch out to the nearest flat surface, which turned out to be the hood of my car. You know, it's certainly large. It's not by any means the largest I've seen. Mm-hmm. My first bite was a revelation. Oh, good, Crispy good. bits of yiros, corned beef, and roast beef smothered into creamy satsiki and glowing with a jardinera heat. All on a chewy roll that dissolved under what must have been a pound of meat. In fact, hefty portions of meat and cheese are kind of a running theme in most Chicago originals. I started to wonder if we'd ever find a Chicago culinary invention that didn't fit that bill. Then, as we were driving on the south side, a giant sign caught my attention and I pulled over. So we just put on the brakes and stopped at Carpenter and 63rd because we saw a place that said, Home of the Banana manna. Engler and I walked into a tiny little hut the locals called the Jerk Shop behind the counter was a fit, energetic man named Reese Price. And we asked him, what the heck is a banana manna?
1: Banana manna is a cross between ice cream and pudding. It's, not, it's neither one. It has less cholesterol than either one of them. And th- we use manna
0: to put in all of our desserts. Banana manna is flavored by bananas, no artificial anything.
2: We're still not sure what that manna part is, and I wonder about the cholesterol claim but the dessert we tried was heavenly. Served in a plastic cup, it's got vanilla wafers tucked around the edges and cookie crumbs sprinkled on top. Price says he came up with the banana manna about 10 years ago. It spread to several stores and restaurants on the south side, and it sure has a catchy name. So could this be our newest obscure Chicago food invention? Price says he did get a patent for the recipe last year.
0: I'm an inventor, that's what I do, but this is my hobby, I cook. I like to cook, I like to see people smile and eat my food.
2: So, Rabbi Kinsella of Beverly, we hope we've answered your question. And bon appetit!
0: Yum! That jimshu sounds delicious. There are a few quick updates since we first ran this story. Borinkan Restaurant is now closed, but its sister restaurant, Borinkan Lounge, on Western is open for takeout and delivery. Mana Gourmet Products recently opened a second location on 71st. In addition to the banana manna, they'll also be offering smoothies. Psst. I've peeked at the clues for the scavenger hunt, and here are some hints. The restaurant in belmont Cragan has Pupusería in the name, and the city in El Salvador it refers to is known for Pupusas Locas. The restaurant in the Douglas area is next to an inn, brings warm yeast rolls at the beginning of your meal, and also does catering. Oh, and the spot in Englewood is a coffee shop that serves sandwiches with clever names. To register for the event, go to wbez.org slash events. Have fun!